Apana acknowledges the custodians and elders past and present of the lands on which we work, practice, rehearse, perform and present across Australia. We pay respect to the cultural authority and traditions of the land. The first peoples of this nation express their culture through music, dance and storytelling and it is a privilege to continue a tradition of storytelling and performance in this country. We acknowledge Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples as the first Australians and traditional custodians of the lands where we live, learn and work. Hello and welcome to the September Australian Performing Arts Teachers Association, a PADA podcast. It was a wonderful opportunity to sit down this month and cut a podcast with Amanda Waddell, Head of Faculty, the Arts at John Paul College and the 2022 APADA National Award winner for the Performing Arts Teacher of the Year. I hope you enjoy this podcast as much as I enjoyed recording this opportunity to delve into Amanda's performing arts insights, her passion and leadership in advocating for the important connection the performing arts plays in the lifelong learning for her students, their career aspirations and well-being. Wonderful to have you join us today at the APADA podcast and um, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for having me. Lots to talk about today and I know that we've, you know, had a big um, chat about numerous things in the past but I really wanted to open up firstly with congratulations on the APADA Award Performing Arts Teacher of the Year um, for this year. Um, I'd have to say seat category, nominations right across the country but I wasn't able to make it to the day and I know I had um, had a number of my um, leaders there and they said it was just absolutely outstanding and I watched the video but I just wanted to open up with congratulations. Uh, it was so wonderful to see you take um, the lead for that one this year. Thank you so much. It, um, it was very humbling. I remember waking up on the morning that I found out and <laughs> it was yeah, I had to pinch myself a few times because I was like, did they send it to the wrong person? <laughs> because yeah, I, I, I'm, it, it, it was something that I, you know, when they said that they were going to nominate me, I just kind of was too busy focusing on um, our ap- other applications. And when they, when I opened it, I was like, yeah, did a double take and, yeah, rolled over to my partner and said, um, I've, I've just won an award. <laughs> so no, it was- really, really big congratulations. And I must admit for us and the team, it's it's one of our favourite times of the year and to have it, I suppose, loaded up and ready to go, we kind of release it at 1 o'clock in the morning and, and just watch that activity as everybody's waking up and, and seeing where that's positioned, and it's certainly a great pleasure from our end. So congratulations. 
Thank you. Thank you so much. It's a, uh, yeah, it's made me um, kind of uh, lessen that little demon in your head, the self-saboteur. <laughs> so it's, um yeah, it's been a bit of a, a jolt in my confidence. Um, yeah, really realizing that I'm not an imposter. <laughs> well, I think we all carry that, don't we, a little bit? So that imposter syndrome, it's always there just sitting on our shoulders sometimes and just clicking away. And, and you know, I think this is one of the, the benefits of celebrating achievements because quite often we don't reflect on the, the journey that we've, we've travelled, the body of work we've put in, the blood, sweat and tears, um, you know, it, it's a lot of work, especially when you're working with, you know, in school environment and there's extracurricular activities. So, you know, what do you see as, you know, you've got the imposter syndrome, it gave it a nudge, fantastic. Um, but there are some real benefits to celebrating people's body of work. Yes. I, um, when I look back at my um, career trajectory, and I think of where I came from. I started at Marsden State High School um, here in Brisbane, which is a low socioeconomic area. Um, and that was my biggest um, learning curve was learning how to engage um, students in the arts who might not have ever been exposed to the arts before. So looking back on my journey and, and seeing where I've come from to where I am now, it's so amazing to, to be awarded something for that journey. And I still, um, I still look back on my first years as a teacher with such, such um, love for those times because it really taught me the, the beauty of my discipline in dance and drama, um, but also how important those, the art subjects are to students from any walk of life so it's just yeah I think it's really important to celebrate um, the journey and I can't recommend enough for people to to put you know to throw their hats in to be celebrated um, I think as as sometimes as artists we don't tend to you know especially as teaching artists we don't we we always say to ourselves we don't do it for the applause we don't do it for the accolades we do it for the students um but I think it's I think it's just really nice to have given myself a little bit of confidence in knowing that I know what I know <laughs> if that makes sense no most definitely it does how long have you been teaching and performing arts Amanda <sighs> this is my 22nd year wow see and yes. it's that it's that journey I, I know for us when we were really looking at um, expressing awards and capturing those in performing arts education and um, on all different levels. And for us, the Performing Arts Teacher of the Year was just such a pivotal award. Um, not a lot of recognition, I think, out there for this amazing body of work and that teachers start. Because teachers are the, the first, I know from my experience, teachers are definitely the first, you know, group of people that opened that door for me. And oh, yeah. And led me on the journey and, and they always have and I, I still have a great mentor today and it's one of my very early instructors and um, oh, just that that understanding of knowing who I am and where to take that path and, and it's just an invaluable relationship and a lot of um, 
it's that exposure and understanding as well as giving so much for people to find their own foundation. They, not everyone's going to be an artist. They might be teachers. They might be on the front of the stage. They might end up working in promotion or whatever those areas are, but it just opens up so many avenues yeah. uh, for people even in day-to-day -day life, whether that be speaking or, you know, um, feeling comfortable in front of a group of people and um, especially thinking quick on your feet when things start to go a little bit pear-shaped when we're alive. So, you know, just, just amazing. What do you, what would you say are the must-haves as a teacher working in the performing arts education to encourage young people to develop their creativity and enhance awareness? What, what, are your, what do you think the must-haves are for teachers out there working in this area? Um, I really believe that um, a must-have for a teacher working in the performing arts um, in, you know, engaging young people is that you have to have um, a, a positive attitude. You have to bring an element of positivity into the classroom every single day because you're, you're the role model in the classroom for students and you are the, the one that they are looking up to to kind of gauge the mood of the room. So I think positivity um, is a really key element that you must have. Um, definitely a passion for advocacy. Um, you, in as a teacher in the performing arts, I don't think there has ever been a moment where I've stopped advocating for the arts. And that is something that is definitely a must have. You need to be able to walk into a staff room, uh, into a meeting with um, powers that be to, to say why dance, drama, music are important to be in the curriculum. And you need to have a very clear um, way of speaking about that so that people hear you. Um, I think you need to have a collaborative spirit and being able to share your knowledge and your skills with other teachers. I think those three, those three things are the key to, to being a successful performing arts teacher and engaging students in the classroom and being passionate about the arts. Uh, most definitely and, and you know, a big advocate for education myself and um, you know sometimes as we know um, we have other areas in the curriculum that are um, pushed harder or recognized harder without understanding the benefits of you know performing arts across multiple disciplines so it sounds to me so you've had um, quite the experience of advocating um, to keep that in the schools that you've worked. Absolutely absolutely um, you know the Dance, uh, um, my, my first love is, is da dance and being a dance teacher and that has been my biggest um, area of advocacy. Even when I first started teaching, um, I had to do a big presentation to the, the principal to say why we should have it in our curriculum and that the, the, when we got it, the kids were just so thankful and and loved the fact that they could you know be passionate about a subject um, that was so important to them that they could study you know in their senior years so I think 
Yeah, for me, probably the top one is the passion for advocacy. I take my hats off. I don't take my hats off like I've got several heads. Um, <laughs> I take my hat off to all of those those teachers who are advocating at a higher level as well because that is we are in the middle of, you know, having subjects which are being um, considered not as important in the curriculum um, through ATAR. And so those, those advocates who are going to, to Parliament to advocate for our subjects, they are amazing. Um, and something that I would eventually like to maybe do at some point in my career is, you know, go in further with the advocacy for the arts because it's, it's so important for kids, not just as a subject, you know, leading to a pathway, but for well-being and for their mental state, their, you know, their feeling of who they are and becoming who they are. It's such the arts just encapsulates everything that you would want to see in a young person, um, developing young people. And, yeah, as you can tell, I'm, I'm very passionate about, <laughs> about anything to do with the arts. So, yes. Uh, one thing that, you know, really struck a chord with the judging panel and, and um, reading through all the applications for the Performing Arts Teacher of the Year Award with a patter was this incredible program that you have built now with um, John Paul College. Um, and I know that you've been with them for a little while. So I'd really love to kind of flesh out an understanding so people can see just the breadth of, of work that you cover. So in your program, you one of the things that we absolutely loved was um, your guided wellbeing and mentoring programs in the school. Can you tell us a little bit about, about that and what those, you know, what that's achieved um, for not just, you know, teachers, but also the students where you've implemented this amazing program in the performing arts? So I, um, I find the time to kind of take a list of any students that I know want to develop um, a pathway into the arts. So, um, you know, I look at our top um, achieving um, artists within our um, subjects and I will organise a time to meet with them um, just to go through some questions about where they see themselves. So a lot of the time it's just me asking really simple questions that they haven't actually thought about themselves and um, just putting that down on a piece of paper to kind of give them a guide as to what they've said and how they might achieve those goals. So we talk about who they um, aspire um, to be in the future, um, what student has inspired them in the past, uh, what they, you know, what they see their life as once they've graduated. And sometimes these, you know, these um, conversations are happening with students who are, you know, year 10 and who are kind of still thinking that their life is just all about being at school forever. They can't see past, you know, graduating. So it's, it's a really nice um, way for me to tap into what students are wanting um, from the performing arts. I had a student just recently, um, we were just talking about where she wanted to go and 
she was talking about wanting to do something with gender studies and um, two weeks later she came back to me and said, oh, I found, I found the course I want to go to. And she pulled up all the, all the information and she said, thank you so much for just sitting and, and, and asking some questions and listening to what I had to say. And even though it's got nothing to do with um, necessarily with the performing arts, it's something that, you know, she can take the skills that she's been learning and place it into into this um, course that she's wanting to do. So um, that was that was kind of a, a nice moment where just just hearing that it was something you know I hadn't really done much, but just asked her questions. So it's um, yeah, it's all about me asking questions and giving real life applications. I'm always interested in talking about um, areas that they can they can go into that aren't necessarily um, artistic or considered, you know, an artistic pathway. I talk about um, how you can use dance in advertising, how you can use dance in, um, you know, becoming an architect, um, how you can use your, you know, knowledge of, of music and, um, and drama skills in, in really any, you know, any um career that you uh, aspire to be in and kids kind of look at me and go oh, I didn't I didn't see it that way <laughs> because you know I'm, I'm talking about skills like collaboration and problem solving and um, perseverance and and team building and non-verbal communication and they're like oh yeah oh yeah we learn all that and I'm like yeah and so these things can actually go into any any career it's not specific to just the arts so um yeah, so that's one of the the parts of of my um, of my program that I really love is is sitting down and talking to students about where where they want to go to. But um, one of my um, one of my ideas in the wings is to um, have a bank of past students who our current students can go and talk to um, who have gone on to do other um other things um other careers and for them to be able to talk to past students so to talk to alumni about where they are and how the arts helped them um, but yeah looking back at past students who can who can maybe take the time to mentor some of our students in the arts so that's kind of a little um idea i have in the wings at the moment to um sounds, sounds amazing yeah i just some students, you know, they, they don't know how to get to where they want to go. And when I say, hey, do you remember this person? And they go, yeah. And I go, well, this is what they did. You know, maybe we can set up some time on a, on a Zoom call to have a chat about that. And they'll be like, oh, yeah, that'd be great. So that's, um, that's one of my, my ideas that are, that are coming up because um, I think that's a really important element for our students to see that you can go into into a, a pathway um, and still take dance, drama and music and, and be successful and be amazing in the world. Oh, look, it sounds amazing, isn't it? And I, I think we hear time and time again, and especially the number of people that I, that I talk to, they will say, you know, their career, they're 10 years down the track, their career's established. And um, one of those um, this year was a writer and had this passion for writing, um, you know, knew that's what they wanted to do, 
but the question was how do I get from where I am to where I want to go yes and really um walked his own path in order to to find that so the thing the more we can facilitate and the more that we can um, assist with that this is where I am this is where I like to go and the steps involved to help them move forward is that's what we're all here for absolutely how um um, I know another area of your work is um, really strongly based in um, making sure that you develop safe places for students. Can you tell us a little bit about that one? Um, so we have um, a, a, I guess it's an expectation within the performing arts at Jumbo College um, and we call it the safety net. And so it's like being at a circus where um Acrobats. Are they called acrobats? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they are. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, where they have the safety net underneath uh, the, the high flying um, uh, acrobatics. And so, if so, the, so it's the trapeze philosophy. The trapeze, that's what we're, I mean. We're flying, we're doing these most amazing, astounding work from one bar to the next, but there's always that safety net under us, yeah? Correct. So, so the idea is that we as um, the people in the class wear that safety net. So whilst a performer is up doing all the tricks, because performing can be quite, it can be quite scary and it can be quite daunting for a student to get up and perform and be so vulnerable. So we talk about the fact that this safety net is there for, um, you know, when a student, um, you know, falls off the trapeze, we're there to catch them. And it's all about um, no put downs, no, um, no talking while someone is, is performing, no, um, no laughing in the wrong moments because that, you know, puts a dint in someone's confidence when they're performing. So the safety net is there for, um, for all of the teachers and the students to have a, um, a shared language about what we want when people are performing. It's also about um, creating audience expectation. So um, we as the audience, when our um, performers are up watching, what do we expect from the audience? Uh, we expect engagement. We expect eye contact. We expect no phones. We expect that you are clapping when um, someone has finished to show your appreciation. And I know that sounds as though it's something that we should just automatically know, but this is something that we find helps to create a safe environment for a performer. Um, and then we just use it as our general classroom management tool. So, you know, when we are learning the concepts and skills of our areas, that is something that we talk about because we as the teachers are also part of the safety net. So it becomes this community of safe practice for teachers and students to understand what it means to be in a, in a in a collaborative safe environment which is so important when you're um, experimenting with movement you're experimenting with character you're experimenting with sound these things are so important to to be able to to guide your practice most definitely and 
And look, I'd have to say, I'm not sure how you feel about this, but teaching and performing arts um, and in schools today, it's certainly come a long way since I was a student. There was barely really a program. Um, went to the most wonderful school. Now they've actually got a performing arts centre, which gives me excitement every time I'm down in Victoria and I see it. Um, truly wished it was there for me. Most of my learning came from... Um, you know, really great um, studios outside of school hours and you went to school and you did your maths and your science. All those things are really important. But um, for me and what I loved doing, it wasn't really there. Um, you could, you know, do music and some music lessons, which I did and I loved it. it was, you know, everything else come from outdoors. But we're, while we're advocating and we are, you know, really got some, some fight out there to make sure that where we're at doesn't go backwards, we keep going forward as we've discussed earlier. Um, our subjects and our versatility, I think people don't understand when we're taking on roles, whether it be in drama, it's also the same in dance, the same in circus. But students are coming to groups with putting all those things together, like you've just said, there's memorising what they need to do. And that's just not words or movement. That's backstage choreography from where I come on, from where I go through a set door. I mean, it's a really big skill that students are building on. Um, taking on another character and um, working through the depth of what that character is. I know at university, I live with mainly actors. Um, we were going through university. I was in um, arts management, so it was a very interesting household. <laughs> Quite often you'd have to fight for the bathroom for the simple fact they were working through their emotions for what they're about to do in front of a mirror. So <laughs> wonderful experience. Um, you know, there's also work in poetry and how that works in play text. And this is where English and English department comes in, you know, so importantly for how that leads into drama. So, you know, there's a lot that goes on that gives us these foundations. So when you are, you know, building your curriculum and what you're driving in lesson plans, um, whether that be, you know, each term and semester, um, how do you go about really picking that engagement for students, setting the criteria? I'm sure you've got a very broad um, learning capacity in your room between students that really want to be in the front line and students like really want to take a seat on the sidelines because they're building confidence and whatnot. Um, what are the key things you focus on in your lesson planning when you're developing for creative content? Um, one of the first things I look at is understanding my students and where they are in their journey. So, you know, if it's a if it's a senior class, um, I'll look at you know what what skills they have and what skills still need to be developed. Uh, if it's a if it's a middle school class, I'll look at you know where they've come from in terms of their knowledge of the subject. But it's more it's mostly about looking at where they are in their journey, in terms of um, knowledge and skill um, skill wise. I feel that our subjects um, practical is the key. So um, you know students are taking our subjects because they are. Um, they're passionate about dancing, they're passionate about acting, they're passionate about playing an instrument or singing. And so engaging the students in as much practical work as possible is, I think, is really key. And um, making sure that you're backwards mapping. So starting at the end and going backwards. So I always start by looking at what is the assessment that I'm going to have to, um, I'm going to have to, 
um, take the students through and where are they sitting with their knowledge and skills so far with that assessment and then we work backwards from there. So um, always starting with the end in mind. Um, what, what do I want as my... Um, as my outcome, what do I want the students? What do I want the students' outcome to be? And um, and that's kind of where I start in terms of how I create my lessons. But in terms of engaging um, engaging them in the process in a practical subject like a dance or a drama subject, I think it's always about um, making them uh, making them get up and move. Um, always about um, them engaging with the the the, the skills within the, the subject. So, um, for example, my dance students at the moment, they uh, uh, my year twelves are at the stage where they are about to take their mock exams. Um, so they've been doing a lot of intense writing. And um, as you can imagine, for some some dance students that you know, that's kind of hard, not, um, not, not being able to engage in some physical, practical elements of the subject. So when I'm, when I'm looking at my, my year 12 dance students, I combine a lot of the physical aspects of the subject with their written, with what they need to be learning for their written exam. So I will often, at the moment, I'm teaching 10, 11, 12 at the same time. Um, and uh, the 10s and 11s are learning a practical dance piece called Toxic. And the year 12s, um, they're also learning it, but instead of them just learning it um, for a performance task, I'm actually asking them to speak to me about the skills and the, the concepts whilst I'm teaching the 10s and 11s. So they're, oh. they're verbally telling me the things that they need to put into their um, exam. So it's connecting it's a it's a fine line of connecting that practical side um with you know what they need to achieve um by the end of the course so i hope i answered that question absolutely and it's understanding that context isn't it so i, I think the other thing that we I, I i really try to express in my work with with students is that um you know, there's so many options that are available. So have a, a diverse skill set um, can assist you. And I, I learned that from my first year in university, actually, for me. So um, very close working relationship with um, the faculty at the university I went with. And um, the those that were um, practising um, straight drama and acting, they're a little bit shocked by mid-year. They had to go and do the technical production sides. They had to learn about lighting and audio and, you know, call the show and all those types of things. And yes. I could see them go, oh, hang on a minute, that's not what we're here for. And um, But it worked out that the, the drive when it was explained to them that is once you leave university, you're in audition, that's your love, that's where you're going, that's where you're driving. Um, and, you know, we want to see you on the stage. Um, but in between work, as you're building your portfolio, you might be able to pick up something where if you understand how to do Props Master and run that backstage, then you're still in the area that you love and you're working through. And it was probably one of the most um, invaluable lessons that I learned because I sat there and I went, oh, I need to have a better understanding of, of the whole package um, of, as careers adapt and change and, you know, availability of work. 
So, yeah, no, absolutely. So it's great to see that that trade. Um, I have actually been to one of your fabulous showcases at John College and I loved every second of it. And congratulations to all that were involved in it. It was a wonderful performance and the level of delivery and execution was just Oh, it was amazing. Had a really great night and I'll be back for more most definitely. <laughs> was, that, was that the Ruby Gala? It was. Ah. So I'm just going to put that out to anyone who's uh, listening. Uh, go to school showcases because they're professional. Like it was, yeah, execution on every level um, and what everybody did, it was, it was just magnificent. But probably hard for you to choose but do you have a favourite from your body of work of 22 years of teaching? And if so, why? Oh, okay. Um, this, this question, when I, when I read the brief, I, I wrote down everything that we do at JPC and there is a lot. Of, oh, there is. <laughs> we, we offer so many opportunities for performances and getting the kids up on stage and looking over the, the, the plethora of work that we do. Um, because I am, um, my, my passion is dance and drama, probably my most, my, the thing that I most hold um, to my heart is the musicals that we put on. Um, that is probably something that I just I think that we do so well um at John Paul College we have such a high caliber of um of of students who rise to the occasion to create such an amazing piece of work um and I can't decide between when I I um, directed We Will Rock You or um Chicago just recently so um, I, I'm really proud of of how we how we do musicals at John Paul College. Um, I'm actually a past student of John Paul College as well, so um, I'm a, an, an alumni. Um, and when I was at school, um, you know, we were taught about um, high expectations. So the high expectations is is something that uh, the team kind of has taken on as a, as a bit of culture that um, John Paul College passes down um, through each year. Um, I think that I love musicals so much is because it's a legacy. Um, it's something that John Paul College is known for and I'm proud to be a part of that, um, the, that past and, and obviously into the future. Um, I love the collaborative nature of a musical it's, you know, you said that you, when you came to the Ruby Gala, um, you know, that, that was, that was collaboration um, to the nth degree. Um, but musicals is just, it's just beautiful to watch musicians and dancers and actors and singers all come together um, to create this beautiful piece of work. Um, it just shows how dynamic a team can be when they work collaboratively, um, not just the students, but the staff I work with and the staff I had worked with in the past. Um, you know, some of my best friends have come from me working in a collaborative team um, 
to create a piece of work for students. So it's it holds such a special place in my heart. Um, and I just, yeah, I, I just love watching students present this piece of work and how they, how proud they are when they've realised what they've done. I couldn't agree more. And it was interesting after the Ruby Gala, I had the opportunity to talk to a couple of students as they were, you know, milling around and you're listening to their excitement at the end. And there was this, this overwhelming, you know, smiles all around, but they did it. They did it as, as they'd been training so hard for. They were so proud of their accomplishment. You watched a student body be extremely connected. Um, it brought all these different groups together and that understanding of we all need each other to do a really great dynamic show. And the whole spirit, I think is how I put it, of the night was just you could feel it crackle through the space and it yeah, it was wonderful. So congratulations because, um, yes, I'd have to agree. I'm not surprised to hear that uh, music <laughs> is the favourite because you can actually feel that build um, at the beginning when you take your seat and then just to see that pleasure of accomplishment and delivery at the end across the board and the students carry and deliver just all of it all the way through with teacher support. And, um, yeah, uh, congratulations to all of you that are involved in that each year because it's, it's a big program. It's a, it's a massive program and, and, you know, we commit to making sure that our students have as much performance time on stage as possible and um, we, when we have musicals we don't we don't stop our other programs to make that musical happen we have we have our other programs still running because we we realize how important um, musical is and it's our you know our first goal but we need to make sure that students understand that when you commit to the performing arts it's you know, a commitment that is um, not just one opportunity. Um, you know, life doesn't just go, here's one event that you have to deal with. Um, now that event's finished, you'll deal with this next event. Life is all about throwing events at you all the time. And I think that's the beauty of the performing arts is that whilst you're working on one major project, you're still working on 12 other major projects but you're juggling and you're, you know, you're able to focus on one, you know, when, when that one's done, you, you chuck that out and you focus on another and, and all those balls are still up in the air, but you're able to kind of decide which one is important. Amanda, let's talk about, let's talk about your journey. So from my understanding and, and listening to you talk today, it's always been performing arts, um, I know for me, apparently I started asking at five and I've just continued on that journey and, and you sound very, very much the same. Yes. And, and looking at the education and, and all of us, you know, advocating but also really trying to build for students um, the benefits and how they can use these tools and these wonderful skills that um, performance across all genres and elements can give us to carry on into other careers or to, you know, work through and and stay within the business that we love. Um, what, what, was, what has been your journey if we look at how you've, you know, developed through schooling and, and where did you settle going, it's teaching for me? 
Um, Because that's, you know, that's that's a a big decision, I think, early on in life to go, I love what I do. And for me, it's the education side. Um, And how did, you know, um, I suppose industry assist you or how did you tap into that thought process? So I pretty much grew up on the stage. I, um, like yourself, I started um, bugging my mum to do dance lessons I saw I, I was a massive Young Talent Time fan. Um, <laughs> yes! <laughs> um, I loved I loved watching Young Talent Time every Saturday and I just, it, it just sparked something in me. So my mum enrolled me at the Johnny Young Talent School in, here in Brisbane. Um, so I, I just fell in love with dancing and I grew up, um, you know, my formative years were me performing every weekend, um, performing every school holiday, um, just loving, loving performing, just loved getting up on that stage, singing and dancing. I, you know, it was my world. Um, you know, Expo 88 came along and spent six months of my life um, dancing every day. Um, you know, that was just amazing. When I went to university um, or when I was deciding what I wanted to do with my life, I was just, I just wanted to act. I just wanted to be an actor. That was, that was my thing. I wanted to be um, on Broadway. I wanted to be a musical theatre star. Um, And I think uh, doing an audition um, for a musical theatre course, they told me I was a fabulous um, dancer, excellent actor, um, but not so good in the singing department. <laughs> so, so was the, uh, the, the, the triple threat wasn't. Yeah, there. I thought I thought I had it, and <laughs> I, I didn't really. Um, and you know that's okay because then I you know was looking at what I could do, and you know sitting with my mum and talking about what is the what are the options for someone who is so passionate about dance and drama. Um, you know, what can you do? And my mum being the very practical woman that she is, she said, you know, if you want to do this, you need to have something behind you that, you know, you like the good things in life. You like to eat food. You like to have a house over your head. Um, So, you know, if you're going to pursue a, a career in the arts, then let's make sure you can do something on the side that can get you, you know, um, work permanent or permanent or full-time or something that's always going to bring in some some money for you and so we discussed how being a teacher you can go overseas you can you know travel you can um you can you know do part-time work and so that was kind of how I fell into teaching it it wasn't necessarily something that um you know, I had a I had a passion for, um, but I definitely have a passion for dance and drama and wanting to pass that on to people. And once I started, it it just clicked. It was just something that I I just happened to be really good at. I think <laughs> if I'm not being too up myself, um, I just I just <laughs> I just really loved um, not being in not being on the stage. Um, for the first time and watching my students be on stage and performing the routines I had choreographed 
um, performing the, the the scenes I had directed, and I felt I felt that that definitely was you know where my calling um, uh, was definitely aimed at. Um, so yeah, I just I loved I loved teaching as soon as I started. <laughs> oh, that's that's wonderful, and and I mean we just teachers and performing arts education are just so critical. They're critical to our pipeline, our supply chain, our, you know, all that talent, whether students become teachers, um, you know, in, in their futures or artists or arts managers. And, you know, it's a big part of um, um, some, I had a student say to me only a few weeks ago, I think my calling is I love the performing arts, but I, I love working with students and I'm going to be a teacher. And I was like, that's exactly who, that's exactly yeah. who we need. Um, so, yeah, no. It's- and I, I often tell my students, look, like you, you may love performing now, but, you know, when you start to um, mature a little bit, you might find that you actually love the behind the scenes part of it, which is, you know, about... All about the teaching side of it how you teach someone to be on stage and yeah that's I, I I love it when I have students who who get that that ding moment where they go oh I don't I don't have to be on stage I can do you know I can teach I can pass my love on to other people um, we have at John Paul College um, our dance program actually employs uh, dance students who are past dance students of the college. So um, we, um, our dance program is run by our wonderful Maddie Garner, um, who is a past student as well. And she's a past student of mine from when I first started at John Paul. And she has now passed on her knowledge to past students. And it's just a beautiful little family of dance um, students that loved to be on the stage but then also now have seen that they love to teach. Um, it, it's a beautiful connection that you've built there too with, with past students who come back, they talk about their journey, they share their knowledge, yes. um, they um, feed straight back into where it started for them. It's a, it's a, it's a beautiful life cycle that, that you've built there in education. It, it is wonderful. And it's the first I've heard of it, actually, hence why we loved it so much with all the body of work that you do, but also all these, you know, extra innovative processes that you've put in place to, you know, really be there for students. It's amazing. Next question I have, and I <laughs> certainly have one, so this is why I've asked her. Throughout your um, career, whether, you know, whether that be on stage or when you went to teaching, what was the best class that you ever took in the performing arts and why was it so good? Oh, yes, I, I, I really struggled with this one because it's obviously my life is, um, my life is pretty much one big performing arts lesson. <laughs> that's a great way to put it <laughs> and I I think that I'm always I'm still always learning um so yeah it's it's something that is a constant for me but 
um, I spoke about my Johnny Young talent school days and that as a as a time in my life I can't pinpoint one specific class but I think it and I think this was um, something that I kept writing down was it wasn't necessarily about a a particular class it was about how the teacher made me feel so um, my my dance teacher Brioni um, she created this beautiful community um, at John Young which we we as a as a as a team just loved it was like this beautiful little family she was like I think she was only 19 um, when she was teaching me but she was just someone that I adored and um, was this person who made everyone love um, performing and uh, a lot of us still are in contact with her, which is amazing. Um, and I just I just reconnected with her just recently, so that was really nice. Um, the other thing I wrote down in response to that question was um, I took acting classes with a, an actor called John Domit. Um, he was, um, I believe he was an actor um, that um, did a little bit of time on Neighbours um, but um, when I took classes with John Domit, he actually opened my eyes to what drama meant and how to approach drama and the passion that he, um, he made me realise was um, the, the key when you're reading a piece of work, um, being able to connect with a character, being able to connect with some part of that play, um, you know, at, at one point, I think I was, um, I think I was studying um, Ophelia and he, the way he made me look at um, Shakespeare was just, it, it opened my eyes. So when I talk, when I think about what my best performing arts class was, um, it, it's not necessarily about the, the content, I don't think. It was more about the the teachers that taught me about passion absolutely and and that's the big takeaway too it's I think sometimes we get so focused on you know technique and skill and all those things depending on what we're studying but it's how we build that ambience that trust that connection within that space for us all to do our best work yes we'll, feel comfortable and confident um, with no judgment um, is where we really start to provide a space for people to really tap into their best and their inner self. And it's that teacher that can bring that out that really allows us to discover, make mistakes, learn and keep moving forward. So absolutely, it's, it always comes down to that, that feeling in that room and that connection in that room. When we talk about arts education, um, what impacts would you say arts education in and out of school um, has had on your life so far? And we've talked about many today. <laughs> been, has been just wonderful. But um, it's really driving home that arts education plays such a day-to-day -day role for us in our everyday lives. Yes. 
Um, so the impact that it's had on my life has, has been pretty big. Um, it's, you know, I live and breathe um, performing arts. I, I love going to shows. I love talking about dance and drama and music. And one of the biggest <laughs> impacts <laughs> it has had on my life is that it has taught me a love of learning. So I, I and I try and pass that on to my students that there's not just, it's not just about, um, I'm going to use dance as my example. It's not just about, um, you know, I teach you a dance, you perform it. Um, it. It is about learning about parts of our world and how we um, connect with the world and how we learn through um, a dance or how we learn through a piece of um, drama work. Um, so I think it has impacted me by wanting to always learn about different things and how I can how I can use that as an inspiration for a piece of work. Um, I'm actually studying um, a course in screen and media at the moment, so that I can um, update my skills to to further figure out how I can put them into my other areas of. Um, of performing arts. So I think it's just always tapping into that love of learning. And um, I, I'm, I've written down a quote here that I think that this kind of sums up the impact that it's had on my life is that um, I see inspiration in the shadows. So um, I don't look at the sun, I look at its shadows. So that it's when you're looking at a particular theme, if you look at it specifically, you might be blinded by it. But if you look at the shadows that it casts, you can actually see different perspectives. So I think that's what the impact that the arts has had on me is that I like to look at the shadows. Uh, that's, that's just so beautiful. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know where I got that quote from. Um, I, I haven't it, heard it before and it's beautiful. It is. It, it just, whenever I get stuck, that's what I, that's what I say. If, if students get stuck when they're, you know, creating work, I, I talk about don't look at the sun, look at its shadows. What are the perspectives that the, the, the sun is, is casting? So. Yeah, great. I hope others take that with them. <laughs> What, what advice would you give to support teachers and students that are navigating careers out there in performing arts? Oh, yes. What advice? Um, um, learn from your mistakes. So um, I'm a big believer that um, mistakes aren't bad. Failures aren't bad. They're actually, um, they're actually beneficial for, for learning. Um, step out of your comfort zone because that's where we learn the best. Um, don't um, don't be afraid to ask questions when you don't know the answer, because um, I often tell my students I am not the I'm not the be all and and end all of knowledge when it comes to um, dance drama. Um, I'm just here to facilitate um, and guide you in the knowledge. So. It's all about um, 
just being honest with yourself and um, and always enjoy that learning pathway. Learn from your students. Um, I'm constantly learning from my my students. They are um, they're constantly challenging me. Uh, you know, they'll ask questions that I haven't thought of before, and I'll have to say, look, I I don't know the answer, but I will find out. And so, being honest with them, I think. It's, it's a really important key to being a successful um, educator. Looking at the, um, the next generation of performing arts teachers or artists or arts workers or managers, and having been through a lot, everyone been through a lot in, in you know, all areas and industries, teaching, adapting when we went into COVID mode and, and, um, and all that that we've adapted and, and really jump some big hurdles to get through, I think. Looking at the next generation that are coming through, what do you think the biggest challenge is ahead? I think the biggest challenge is that we, we are mentally, physically and emotionally connected to our students. Um, we are mentally, physically and emotionally connected to our subjects. Um, our, you know, the passion that we have for dance and for drama and for music, um, it, it is it is a strong connection that we have with those areas. And I think the biggest challenge is it is it takes time for us as teaching artists to create. It takes time for us to rehearse. It takes time for us to prepare and reflect and revise on what we're doing in the classroom. So. I think the biggest challenge is um, to give yourself time to remember that because it is, it is hard. Um, we are connected in, in such an uh, interconnected way that we, we want the best for our students but we also want to inspire and, and challenge our students and I think that we have to be kind to ourselves. <laughs> that's, that's one of the things I've learnt uh, these last couple of couple of years is to to be kind to myself and to give myself time um, to to just breathe. Sometimes um, my partner often will say to me, um, you, "You just need to slow down a little bit." <laughs> Can be good advice because sometimes yeah. they're all go go go. What do you think? One of the what? Do, what would you put as? Um, what do you think is a, a risk for the next generation? Um, do you mean the next generation of educators or students? Yeah, or artists? yeah no, the next generation of, of educators. Um, for me, to mind we keep advocacy front and center. What would it be for you? Um, burnout is is you know something that is is a real uh, is, is something that teachers have to or educators have to be mindful of um, like I said just before we we as teachers tend to um, sometimes are considered perfectionists in in you know making sure that everything in our classroom is perfect and we have to remember that we are, we are just human and that it is okay um, to stop and take some time to just breathe. Um, and I think in, burnout is, is a, a very big risk 
for a lot of teachers, especially a lot of performing arts teachers. Um, you know, performing arts teachers, we do go above and beyond after school curriculum, uh, co-curriculars. And I think that that is a, a, a big risk. But I think the other thing is um, being vulnerable um, is a big risk for teachers. Um, and learning how to how to balance that vulnerability. Um, you know, we want to connect with our students, but some sometimes we um, we just need to, to to show them that it's okay to to have bad days. Um, I will, you know, I will often say to um, you know my students, it's okay to have a bad day, and if you have a bad day and you don't feel like you're 100%, you just tell me because I know exactly how that feels and there are days when I don't feel 100% as well and we just have that open conversation. So I think um, some teachers might see vulnerability as a risk. Um, I don't necessarily think it is, but um, I, I, I do think that some teachers don't um, know how to, to be vulnerable with their students and it's okay to be that. I, I always say that um, it's okay to be human, right? Yes. It's okay to be human. It's okay to understand that um, not every day can be, you know, above the 90 to 100% and, and, um, and uh, it's um, just understanding that human context um, that we all carry day to day and looking after each other. Um, when you're having a bit of a downer day versus you know, today is just all coming together as it should because they're not all like that. <laughs> Correct. And, in, like, and enjoy the wins. Like oh, when you have a win. And celebrate them. Celebrate them. Correct. Like I um, uh, I am such a, um, an advocate for, for teachers um, and, and making them, uh, wanting to make them understand their, their full potential and, and, um, and how they can walk into a classroom and be the best that they can be. And it's okay to be human. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Amanda, it has just been an absolute delight and a rewarding experience to speak with you today. And I cannot thank you enough for sharing your insights and your invaluable time and, um, and true speaking from the heart to share um, with with our community and um, personally very big thank you it's been just a great day and today <laughs> is definitely one of those 100 um, yes. so um, really great really great to chat to you because I just know how how busy your schedule is and um, and we appreciate everything that you do and um, and the way that you advocate and um, support students um, in performing arts and their their hopes their dreams and you know their futures are in teachers' hands. So thank you for expressing that today. For everybody out there listening to us today, um, please jump onto um, John Paul College's website. You'll see an amazing body of work, um, numerous courses that are open to encourage and delight all in students um, with an amazing faculty and team out there who, as we've heard today, collaborate, connect, and um, really strive for the student experience, which was all about. And you'll find that at www.jpc.queensland.edu.au. Thank you so much, Amanda. It has been a wonderful morning.
Thank you so much for having me. And I really appreciate everything the Australian Performing Arts Teachers Association has, has offered me. And um, yeah, I just, I'm really, I'm really thankful. Oh, we're, we're thankful to have you with us on the journey. So wonderful. Take care and certainly look forward to coming out to John Paul College for that next uh, uh, musical because I'm a little bit taken. Excellent. We'll make sure we invite you. Wonderful. And talk soon. Talk to you soon.